people chase the wrong thing. You know, they think because I've done this for so long or because my experience lies here, this is all I can do. Yeah. So it's like people got to take a much deeper view of what do I really want to do versus just what have I done. All right. Welcome back to the Mac podcast where we talk about anything about entrepreneurship, business, and real estate. Uh, We try to fight the conventional thinking and just think outside the box in this podcast. Guys, today I have a huge guest that can literally transform your business. He's a coach and he can take and scale companies. He can coach and fight issues. He's literally helped my company for the past three years. Um, Guys, this is, uh, he's an EOS implementer. He's helped over a hundred companies build their companies from literally problems to literally scaling them to revenue beyond six figures and seven figures. Uh, He's a value builder, builder advisor. He's a certified exit planner and advisor. He's a CEO and founder of The Greenhouse. Welcome to the studio, Patrick Metzger. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. All right. Awesome, man. There, there's a lot of things there that you do. And uh, <laughs> I, I had to write them down because they're, you are, uh, I remember meeting you, I don't know if it was three years, was it 2020? It was like COVID as we were virtual Zoom. Yeah, probably um, winter. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was winter of 2020, I think. Yeah. And uh, you were kind of firing up. I mean, I don't know what number we were in your EOS, uh, you know, as far as strategy, but I, I didn't understand it. I, I've read the book Traction. I've done some of those things, but I, you know, meeting with you, it's just like, you know, you think about more coaching and it seems overwhelming right away, like mm-hmm. for me and my business, but I knew that we needed help to get to the next level. Um, and I think we met again or you came up to our office and, and yeah. you know, that's where it like clicked, like, wow, we we need to work together and I need for the, I need my company to work for myself and for me to back up and try to operate out of the company a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, if you never can get out of the company, I feel like you can't grow it yeah. and, and get stuck in it. And yeah. that was probably one of the biggest reasons I reached out to you or we talked initially. So I, uh, what, uh, what is EOS? Just to describe what that is first. Yeah, in a nutshell, EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And really, in short, it's a system of tools, concepts. It came out of the Detroit area, early 2000s. A gentleman by the name of Gino Wickman put it together. And kind of the big why in his story, because that's important to kind of what it's become now, is Gino grew up in a consulting family. His dad, Floyd, owned a coaching consulting company. And Gino got involved with all these entrepreneurs in the Detroit area and He saw that all these entrepreneurial companies dealt with all the same issues. So Mm. big, small, this industry, that industry, didn't matter. Uh, Everybody had people issues, issues around clarity, issues around processes being followed. You know, how do you create uh, accountability and focus in your organization? And what he really did was he sought out to create a system that would be really simple for entrepreneurial companies to use that... uh, that they could just take these tools, plug them into their company and just help them execute at a way higher level. And a huge, a huge emphasis with putting together this system was just simplicity. He wanted Mm -hmm. to make it just stupid, simple for any business owner to use. So what he did is he started working with dozens of entrepreneurial companies. He started taking all the best business ideas from history put them all together, and he just started trying stuff in these sessions. And over the course of years, 
he kind of distilled it down into getting rid of the overlap of tools. These tools work better than these ones until he really streamlined it down into what EOS is now. Wow. I, I was like, you always get skeptical of these things right away, but it was like, I had the visionary and the integrator and rocks and, you know, all the, the lingo <laughs> of EOS, right? But it's very, very simple. Well, you can understand it. And I think you do what half hour, basically, you can describe to a company like how you can help them. Um, yeah. And yeah, we always start with a 90 minute meeting with not, the or team. 90 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So we do 90 minutes to explain the tools, our process, our guarantee, because we guarantee everything we do with organizations, which is one of a kind when it, when it comes to coaching consulting world. But uh, yeah, most people are either really blown away by the simplicity or like you said, they question it. Yeah. Like it can't be this simple. Yeah. And it's like, no, it, it actually really is. And most people way overcomplicate their business and they're not good at the fundamentals. Mm. So what EOS does is it really strips away all the excess of what you're, uh, what really skews your focus in business. And it gets you down to the nuts and bolts of the things you have to do really, really well. I mean, like great people, great yeah. systems, great processes, run your business by the numbers, you know, basics like that. Because if you're not good at the basics, it doesn't matter what you do beyond that. Yeah. I, and you, you find your place in your company. It may not even, you may not even be the visionary. Mm -hmm. There may be a better visionary than you. I think we were talking about that before. And yeah. there's really good integrators. There's really good visionaries, but it takes, takes two of them. And then. I think it's just so cool how you can turn actionable steps into the 90 days, like the rocks. Like most people are like the year, we want to get this, this, and this done. And it's like, no, let's do it 90 days. And then even the L10 meetings, I know that's another lingo term, but it's such an important meeting every week where you get on the same page with every employee. It's like, I see lots of problems in companies where like, I'm starting to do employee reviews more just because it's like, it's getting the issue on the table quicker. It's mm -hmm. like, you shouldn't have the issue and live with it for a year. No. And not, not say anything. <laughs> like, there, that's how it was done though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this really bothered me. This really, you know, it's like a year later. Like, Oh yeah, most most meetings really suck. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. In companies, uh, there's very few people, there's nobody we ever meet that comes into our, you know, into our greenhouse ecosystem and we start working with them and they go, oh, we have the, we have the greatest, best meetings in the world and we get so much stuff accomplished. Yeah. You know, said nobody ever, right? <laughs> yeah, meetings and, suck. Yeah, until you actually start implementing some of this stuff and then you really realize like, man, this doesn't have to be crazy complicated. Right. And it's all about just focus. Right. You know, we always say in EOS, it's about harnessing and managing human energy. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day in your company, that's what it's all about. It's about yeah. the people you have, the skill sets that, uh, that they have, you know, tapping into every person's unique ability, you know, doing what they love, doing what they're yeah. best at. Because if you can manage and harness all of that and get it really, really focused, it's amazing, I mean, what you can truly do as an organization. Yeah, I uh, I think even putting like right people, right seats. I remember going through activity, I think very early on in the US yep. and not everyone's suited. Even though you want them to be that position, they may be better suited in your company for a different place. Like mm -hmm. you get really transparent about, yeah, do you have capacity to do it? Can you do it? Will you do it? And I, I don't know. I just like you, <laughs> you got to shift people around. It wasn't fun right away. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, dealing with issues head on is just like, it just made it, just makes business more fun, I guess. And and you don't yeah. live with that. Like, 
me and my wife work together. So then he's like chirping all weekend. It's like, okay, <laughs> well deal with it. Like go to the person yeah. and, and deal with the issue or go in the meeting. We deal with the problems together as a team. So yeah, so much of it is just, as you know, it's, it's the systems built around honesty, openness, and transparency. And when you can finally get your team to that point where you have, you know, people throw around the word culture. Mm-hmm. And I always say culture is the equivalent of being really, really clear or creating really strong clarity in your company and really effective communication. And that leads to really confident, engaged employees. Sure. So when you can get to that point and you only get there by being really honest and transparent about things. Yeah. But man, when your team can operate in that function where it's all about greater good, we're going to challenge each other, we're going to sharpen each other, we're going to talk about the issues, we aren't going to avoid things, that's when you start making progress like you have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the listener that there's lots of issues in every company, Mm -hmm. right? And I think hiring coaches has been the only reason I've gotten to where I am today. Mentors, coaches, they've they've brought me up. They've they've showed me the way. They've you know you got you got to learn you got to learn the game, mm-hmm. and and what like companies curious about it like what what is an ideal company for EOS and and you know who can you help? Yeah, so EOS when when Gino put together the system, he really built it around the client avatar of ten employees to two hundred fifty employees, you know, a million or more in revenue. Uh, what I have found is, man, it works in companies smaller than that, and it works in companies way bigger than that. We have companies with three, four, five hundred employees plus. We uh, have companies that have wow. billions in assets, um, big time revenues. I mean, in the nine figure revenue, and and it just works because mm-hmm. it's all about simplicity and it's all about tools that no matter how big, how small you are, what industry you're in, the tools work at any level. Wow. Uh, it's just one of the complexities is when you get into a really big organization, it takes time to really push those concepts down through mm. your whole company. Yeah. So that's that's kind of one of the variables and why when Gino really built it, you know, he was thinking, how big can this really go? Uh, it's still effective, absolutely. But yeah, most of the companies we work with, I mean, are in that maybe 10, 20, 30 employees to a couple hundred. Uh, but we had, we do have some bigger ones, absolutely, that are much bigger than that. Wow. That, I'm thinking if you have 10 to 20 people, I mean, even at that level, you're, you're getting to the point now where you're running a lot of people. And mm-hmm. now you have, you must have a couple key people there uh, and to get really like transparent with, like, and try to figure out, okay, how do we get more, more done, shorter amount of time? How do we get issues solved? Um, cause you're growing, you got probably some turnover, you got things happening. And, uh, so I think it, I, yeah, I, I wish I would have done it earlier at this point in my life. You know, it's like, yep. I own a concrete and construction company, um, that you help us with. And, uh, just all this dumb issues that I would deal with before all by myself. Right. Like I just made the, yeah. every decision and, and it's like, I wasn't even probably the best guy to make the decision. Yeah. I just did it because. And then you're, that's and then my, you're the bottleneck. I, I was, I literally was. And that's I, what like, every, that's what every owner gets to at some point is right. they realize like, I'm the person hold and so, well, let me take that back. Some never get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some kids, some aren't self-aware enough to realize. Oh. That, right. But I mean, 99% of owners at some point, they hit that wall or they smash into that ceiling, we always say, where I'm holding everything back. As long as everything flows through me, the processes, the questions, the decisions, uh, we can't progress any further. Right. So like you said, the importance of that team 
and having uh, people that you trust and slowly working over time to transition yourself out of the day-to-day and out of all those decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's where your company really starts to build value and scalability when you get to that point. Yeah. Because up until that point, you're, you have a natural chokehold on everything in your business and you don't have any value to your company. And, and, and we always preach that with companies we work with, like you never know when the opportunity is going to come to sell or be acquired, right. you know, for whatever reasons, or, you know, we really stress too, with all the owners we work with, if something were to happen to you, what would happen to your company? You know, if everything runs through you as an owner and say something tragic happens to you, it doesn't just affect you, your spouse, your family, you have maybe dozens of employees Hmm. that now are sitting in a company that has no value. And now what happens to that organization? Your company is probably going to get fire sold or asset sale. And now you have dozens of people out of work because you didn't really plan things super effectively for worst case scenario. Yeah. I, you're literally like speaking to my soul because in like 2017, I like, <laughs> like, like I was the concrete guy just trying to pour more concrete. Right. And then like, I had anxiety, sweats, like couldn't sleep. My fitness was at all time low because all I was doing is working. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to produce more and more and more because I had more employees. Like, yep. By I started in 2010 and by 2017, I probably had 15, 20 guys. Well, that just meant more on me. Yeah. And and it just ate me up. And then when I had I met first kids, and then that took more time, and I wasn't home, and I just realized like I got to figure out something. Um, and obviously we didn't even meet till 2020, but I had to like, let go at that point. And we lost margin because of that, right? Like I couldn't hold on to anything, but we actually lost margin. Like you go through the phase where it's like, I don't want to let go, but I did let go. I had to let go. Otherwise I was going to be in a hospital Yeah, and we lost margin because of that. But I started learning, trying to figure out how to run people instead of doing everything myself. Yes. Keeping accountability, which I still am learning today, but I felt like when we implemented EOS, now I had a team with me trying to figure out how to keep people accountable and not just Mark, yep. you know, and and that's what's helped me a lot today. Yeah, if you look at you know leaders, the definition of a great leader is not somebody that runs an organization. A great leader manages people that run their organization. organization yeah, and you have to get to that point where it's your people that are truly running the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love what you said, Mark, about, you know, when people get to that point of, like you said, where you realize, man, I kind of got to get out of my own way. I got to get people to start making the decisions and stuff. And you had to step back financially. That's a huge reason why most people never take that next step, whether it's personally, mm. whether it's professionally, they aren't willing to maybe hit the brakes and slow down. Mm-hmm. And go backwards in order to kind of collect things and strategize and plan and optimize in order to go forward way faster. Yeah, you know, essentially they they aren't willing to take a step back to go miles ahead because it sets them back somehow financially oh, yeah. or goal wise or a lot of times it's just their own pride and ego that holds them back yeah. from from doing that. Well, I didn't have a business. I had a, I was the business. I didn't have a, you know what I mean? If you're owning a business, you'd think, oh, you're, you know, you're the guy that rolls up in the pickup and just checks on things each day. It's like not, well, in the construction industry, you know, it's <laughs> like- a dream. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I didn't have a business. My business was me. And if I went down, the business was going to go down. Mm-hmm. And and that was the realization and why I was like, I, I need, a, I want a business. I don't want just, I had a job. 
And as soon as I shut down, it it would have went down. Yeah, and I, I went through the, the exact same thing. You know, when I decided to become an EOS implementer, the first thing I noticed right away, even in considering it, was this is a what we call a lifestyle business. This is not a value-based business mm. that you can grow and has value and you can sell. It's a lifestyle business where you can make really good money doing it, mm. but at the end of the day, whenever you're done, the financial pipeline shuts off also, and there's yeah. no more money to be had. Yeah. So from day one, I mean, of doing this, we've really put together and worked, especially in the last two years here now, of creating more scalability, more products, more offerings, mm. things that I don't have to be a part of or I have very, very little involvement in yeah. because now you're creating something that has value <clears throat> and I, I'm not the chokehold anymore. I'm not the bottleneck for everything going on anymore. Yeah, I want to get into that more because I think that'll help even coaches listening to this on how, you, how you're doing that yourself. But I think if you're curious about EOS, um, you should be curious if you're a business owner and you're struggling to get out of the working on the business instead of always in it. Mm -hmm. um, you want to have a business one day and that doesn't mean that you're in there operating the thing 90 hours a week. So if you're curious about that, it might, you know, it might be a financial setback for a year or two, but I promise you it'll be the best thing you ever do. And I know if it can be done in construction, I know it can be done in a coffee shop. I know it can be done in a large corporation, manufacturing, wherever. Yep. So um, I just wanted to say that. But so, so let's talk about coaching because that's, that's your bread and butter right now. Oh, and that's what, that's what you do. And, and it always has been. We're, you know, maybe go back into your story a little bit. Like, where, how'd you start? Where'd you, where'd you, how'd you end up with coaching? Yeah. So coaching, you know, coaching, teaching has <laughs> always been part of my blood. So I grew up, I mean, small town, central North Dakota and Carrington. Both my parents were teachers, both in the school system. So I just grew up in that setting. I mean, I was the gym rat, you know, oh, I'm going to go work in my classroom. Oh, Patrick, go find whatever, you know, go play in the gym, go shoot hoops, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, and and I, I also had uh, the luxury of having some phenomenal coaches coach me. Uh, you know, Marty Hochalter, my football coach from high school, he's he's been one of my biggest mentors uh, as far as coaching. Uh, Jim Jeske, my basketball coach, you know, a lot of athletic coaches played really big uh, a really big part and were a big influence in my life. And, you know, going into college, I really wasn't super positive what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I knew I loved uh, football and I knew I uh, was familiar with school, teaching, coaching. So when I got into college, you know, ended up going into teaching, uh, wasn't super, honestly, 100% sure if that's exactly what I wanted to do, but ended up teaching for eight years and in my eighth year of teaching, I really started thinking about like, man, is this for me? Like I, there was just, there was some itch there and I really didn't know mm -hmm. what it was. And the itch was just like the desire to do something bigger. And I just knew there was something inside of me that I wasn't scratching the surface on what I was capable of doing. Mm. So I actually changed schools because I wasn't sure if it was teaching I needed to leave or if it was the environment change that I needed. Okay. But ended up changing schools, uh, completely different environment. Loved it, but I got into my third year of uh, that new school system, and it just hit me like a brick wall. Wow. It was a uh, late September of my 11th year of teaching, and I remember coming home, sitting down in uh, like our three season patio off the back of our house. I remember sitting down. My wife was like, uh, "How was your day?" And I'll never forget. I just said, "I'm out." And she goes, "What? What do you mean?" 
I go, I'm, I'm done. I said, there's something else. I got to find what it is. Wow. So yeah, I ended up resigning in the next couple of weeks. Uh, ironically, the week after I resigned, we found out we were being placed with our daughter, a newborn oh, that we cool. were adopting in three months after that. <laughs> so talk about a shock there when like you just resigned from your stable job that you've had for over a decade. And then a week later, someone goes, hey, congrats. Like we, we have a child for you now. And oh, by the way, she's going to be born in three months. Jeez. So yeah, it was, it was like, whoo, here we go. Like buckle up. Yeah. What did you, what did you teach? Uh, mainly like upper elementary, middle school, did a ton of coaching, football track, all kinds of stuff. So you're everything you're teaching, coaching all the time. Well, you, you see these teachers too nowadays, like you see a lot of teachers leaving. Mm -hmm. Is there, is there a reason? Is there regulation? You know, usually if, uh, or is is it just a fact like you sat down and you wanted something else, something more, something it, bigger. You know, a lot of it is, you know, and I and I started seeing it when I was leaving teaching is so much in education became about everything but the kids. Mm. It became do this, do that, jump through this hoop, fill out this paperwork. Mm. And, and just with kids and, you know, a lot of people, you know, say, oh, there's so many issues with parents and stuff in schools. Like I didn't deal with that. I didn't have issues with parents. That okay. was never a big thing for me, but obviously, you know, over the last 10, 20 years, behaviors with kids are just getting more and more challenging. You, know, mm. you have a lot more mental health stuff and you have a lot more personal issues with kids. You know, you have a lot of uh, broken homes and things like that, that present really challenging mm. situations with just kids in education. And I mean, I loved what I did. I absolutely love teaching. I just knew there was something way bigger than that for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when I resigned from teaching, I didn't know what I was going to do. But I walked into an executive recruiting office in Fargo to talk with them about, hey, what could I do? You know, is there some some place you could see me being placed within a business? What's my skill set? And by the end of our conversation, uh, they basically were ready to hire me on the spot, <laughs> which I did not expect. So, yeah, you had no plan. You You quit. Or you're, I mean, resigned, and and you're yep. like, I'm not going back. I'm just not. Yep. I'm just gonna figure out what it is. So, what is this job then? Where I mean, you, I mean, you went in and applied and for and st- for recruiting. Yeah. No, I just went in to talk with them. I just, <laughs> I mean, I went in to say, hey, what could I do after teaching? Yeah. And yeah, they ended up hiring me. Jeez. So then ended up doing that for six months and. In that time frame, I ended up reading the book uh, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, which is about building your own online business passion. And that really got me thinking about using my background in health, wellness, you know, strength and conditioning, nutrition, because I have a really strong background there. So it really got me thinking about, hmm, do I build or do I create my own online business? Because that that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And ended up actually getting recruited out of my recruiting job to manage a gym. And I took that role because I saw it as a stepping stone to building my own online business. Mm. I thought, geez, I can do this in the meantime. And then when I actually launch my business, it will actually help feed what I'm doing in person uh, through this gym, uh, the uh, company that owned this gym. And after nine months of uh, doing the whole gym manager thing, uh, you know, renovated the space, brought on classes, instructors, everything that uh, the guy asked me to do. I got called into a meeting on a early, early Monday morning, 
And within five minutes, he started pressuring me around, oh, this isn't working out, and I don't think this is going to work, Patrick. And I just kept saying, what are you talking about? I've done every single thing that you have asked. And he goes, well, I just I just don't know about this. And I, and I was just like, okay, the guy is looking for me to quit. And I was sitting mm-hmm. there. Ironically, 48 hours before this, I told my wife, I said, at the end of May, because this was March of... Uh, what would this have been? March of 90, oh man, no, not, uh, March of 2018, 19, maybe something like okay. that. Okay, okay. And um, he was pressuring me to quit, but I had told my wife, like I said, 48 hours before this, I said, I am out of here when my contract oh. is done in May. I said, uh, we'll just say I don't want to be part of what's going on here. And so I decided to be done in a few months anyway. But okay. Then, yeah, I got called into this meeting, was getting pressured, and I finally just looked at him and I go, here's the thing. You can either fire me or I'm going to go back to my desk and keep working, and then I'm going to be done in May. But I looked at him, I said, I'm not going to quit because I know how much back pay I owe you on my contract. Mm. That's not going to happen. So you can either fire me right here, or I'm going to go keep working for the next couple months. We can yep. do our own thing, and we'll go from there. He walked out of the room, came back in a minute or two later and said, okay, I'm going to let you go. And I said, you do realize what you're doing, right? And I wasn't trying to be a smart ass. He looked at me and he goes, what do you mean? I go, you do realize that every person I've brought to this gym is going to leave as soon as I walk out the door. (laughs) And he goes, well, that's just your opinion. I go, okay, I'm just warning you. He goes, okay. And by noon, half his membership had, this was like 7 a.m. By noon, half his membership had already called in and left as soon as they had heard I was out of there. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So it was, kind of, it was kind of a karma type thing. Was it a pay and thing? Like, why, what was his mode? Like, what was he thinking? I honestly think he didn't run the numbers real closely as to what this all looked like as far as the oh. cost of renovating this and doing all of this. I did it all. He managed he did he managed all the numbers, all the finances, all the dollars behind yeah. it. I was just executing it. Got it. And I think he got in way too deep and didn't realize it, didn't plan for it real well. Oh wow. And thought that, you know, all these people were going to flock there yeah. magically. You know, we were all of a sudden gonna triple our membership overnight because <laughs> of what we did. And oh. I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I said over time, I mean, we can bring more and more and more. Yeah. Well, then also, uh, right before I started there, there was another gym that started going up in town. Mm. And it was a heck of a lot nicer. And it's actually where I ended up right after that, because the (laughs) other gym owner, as soon as he heard... Oh, yeah. uh, Because he was just about to open in the next month or two. As soon as he heard that I was out of this, this one, he called me up immediately. And I was, I mean, basically hired on the spot to start doing some stuff for him. Wow. Wow. Well, you've fallen in, and that was what, in January 2018? That would have been March of, man, March of maybe 17 or 18. Okay, gotcha. maybe. Dang, so you had a, out of school, (laughs) out of the school system, out into the, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was literally within three years, I mean, it was resigning from teaching, we adopted our daughter, changed jobs a couple times, got fired, uh, started my own business. <clears throat> and then, so after, yeah, after leaving this gym position, after three months of kind of running my own thing, because I'd launched my business a few months before this had happened, yep. uh, I was running my own business. And then I started working with a business coach. 
So it was a guy out of San Diego. His name was Peter Scott. He specialized in online coaching platforms. Okay. So I started working with him, and within two weeks uh, of working with him, the guy completely called me out. I remember it was our second Zoom meeting, and he. I remember we hopped on the call right away, and he goes, Patrick, what are we doing here? And I go, what do you mean? I said, like, I got all my stuff done, you know, all my home assignments from the previous week. Let's, <laughs> let's jam on this stuff. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm, I, I said, I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, I'm going to tell you straight up, Patrick, I have not worked with many people like you that have way more potential. He goes, you got it. He goes, my personal advice, you got to get way beyond health, wellness. He goes, there's way bigger impact you can make in mm. this world. He said, there's way better money if you get into business coaching and all these other things. So it was like the very first time in my entire life somebody truly like slapped me across the face and like woke me up to everything I had mm. internally known about myself, yeah. but had never been able to like funnel it externally and take action on. Because for years, like I'd had that feeling of there's something inside of me like that is just like waiting to come out that is capable of just so, so much more. Right. And it took that, it took until that point. I mean, I was 30, what was wow. it, 34, 35 years of age when he told me that. <laughs> And that was the first time ever that somebody just like woke me up. Wow. So from there forward, I mean, we really started transitioning my business from health wellness into really then holistic life coaching it turned into. And then I kept working with higher and higher clientele. It turned into one-on-one -on -one high performance coaching. <sighs> and from there, I was working with a CEO one-on-one. -on -one, and we were talking about all the books in the backseat of his messy vehicle. And he mentioned the book Traction. Oh wow! And I asked him. I said, "What's what's that one about?" I'd never heard of it. And he goes, "Oh, it's." He goes, "You'd actually probably like it. It's, you know, it's got all these tools. It's kind of a business operating system." And I'm I'm just naturally a super high fact finder. I'm oh. an information sponge. I love okay. to read. So I ordered the book right away. Yeah, crushed it in like a day or two, and I was just like, "This is it! Like this is what every person I'm working with right now, one on one." is looking for in their business because everyone just kept asking me to do more and more stuff. Sure. Can you help us with some strategic planning? Can you help us do some development stuff with our leaders? Can you help us with this? And wow. so when I read Traction, I was just like completely sold. So I remember I came to my wife and I said, I have found it. And at this point, she's like, oh my God, what's next? Because it's like after all these things <laughs> yeah, yeah, that have happened yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's... over the past few years, she's like, what now, Patrick? And I remember I said, it's called EOS, it's teaching, it's coaching, it's a business system. And the first question, the first thing she did, she, she took a huge sigh. <sighs> and then her next question was, what does it cost? <laughs> and I said, it's about 30 grand to get started. Yeah. And she goes, well, how are we going to do that? And I said, well, I'm a big believer in fate. I told her, I remember we were standing in the kitchen when I told her this. I said, do you remember when we had adopted our daughter, we took out a line of credit against our house. We mm -hmm. had since paid that back. Okay. I said, and we've been talking for a year about what are we going to do with this thing? Do we close it? Do we leave it there? Whatever. Okay. And I said, I believe that that money is sitting there for this exact reason. Yeah. So long story short, borrowed 30 grand against our house, flew to Denver about a month later, started wow. training for EOS. Eight weeks later, started with my first company that was uh, 
Valentine's Day of 2020, Dang. a month before the world completely changed with COVID. Yes. And fast forward, I mean, to now as we're doing this in June of 23, yeah, we've worked with well over 60 companies with EOS, well over 100 companies, yeah. trainings, coaching, everything that we kind of do uh, within our greenhouse umbrella. And uh, yeah, I work with about two dozen companies at any given time around the country. And it's Dang. it's amazing seeing uh, what we've been able to help teams and organizations do. Yeah, man. I The coaching's got to be like so satisfying for you, I'm sure, because it's, love, it's what you love to do. But then now you're like, you can see like these companies change and evolve like... Yeah, like, and, and quickly. I mean, that's like, that's the coolest part about EOS. Yeah. Like, it gets things moving fast. Right. Yeah, you were sharing a company. I mean, just you worked with 90 days. I mean, you can change your company today. That's, that's what I love about EOS. And it's super simple. Um, yep. But what, you know, you get the people out there that don't want to pay for the coaching, don't want to do the things. What is it like implementing themselves versus you implementing them? Because I feel like... You got a lot of do-it-yourselfers out there, right? Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems to be, you know, I think, Mark, that's, that's like a Midwest thing. And I don't know what it is <laughs> about the Midwest. It's like, oh, we're okay. We can do it. You know, oh, yeah. there's this attitude of like being too proud to ask for help. And, you know, I always bring myself back to Tony Robbins always tells a story about uh, the very first uh, professional development thing he went to with Jim Rohn. And I remember Jim Jim told him, you know, Tony was struggling to find the money to go to this conference at Jim Rohn or this workshop he was going to do. And Jim said, Tony, if I can teach you 20 years of what to do, what not to do in the matter of a weekend, what is the value to that? Mm. And that's what really hit home with Tony. Like, yeah, I mean, essentially you're, you're buying yourself through, I always say, a time warp yeah. when you work with somebody else. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's a heck of an investment. But the return on it is crazy. Right. And like we always say, it's it's grow or die or, you know, it's it's grow or status quo. Those are your only two options right. in life and in business. Yeah. So, I mean, we're always looking for companies, owners, leaders that have that number one growth mindset mentality of we can always do better. There's, you know, we can always improve. We want that outside perspective. We want somebody to sharpen us and show us how to do it better. But a lot of people, you know, the, the companies that don't make it and struggle are the ones that don't have that kind of attitude. Yeah. They're the ones that, you know, they, they are, they're afraid to take risk. They're risk averse. They worry about what might go wrong rather than what mm. might go well yeah. if I do something. And, yep. they, and they just don't commit to it either. Oh, yeah. So much of it is about just committing to something. Right. Yeah. You got to switch your mindset into like, this is what we can be. If we take the plan of action, commit. I mean, you just got to yeah. commit. That's the hardest part for most people than anything. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, I would rather have, I just told someone this the other day, I would rather be backed up against a wall with my back to the corner with no option out other than to claw your way out of it right. forward. Right. And I'll always roll the dice on myself rather than anybody else. Yeah. So I would rather be in that situation where it's like, it's all on you and you have to do this or it's or you're not going to make it. Yeah. And it's amazing when, when you know, you look at the just the cost of coaching, consulting, and the people that do it really, really well. Uh, people either see it as a cost or an investment. Mm. And when people lay down big dollars to do something, you have a hell of a lot more buy-in and commitment from people. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be, co it's got to cost you something. Yeah. For sure. You're not going to commit. I, I think I always refer to this like, 
think about like you were in the gym space. Think about yourself just going to the gym. I, I can't really stay accountable. I, you know, I kind of like, I'm tired today. I'm going to do mm-hmm. half the reps I need to do. And then get a trainer and just show, you know, for 30 days do each. It's like, yeah, the trainer is just like, it's so, you get so much more done. You feel so much better. You, your results are elevated to the point where you're warping time. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're buying your time back in coaching yeah. and in business you go to the next level faster. You're just doing everything much quicker. The most precious thing we have is time. If you want to get that back, you have to pay for it, yep. but it also comes with better results. And and the, the, the gym analogy is like the perfect one for business too, because if you look at how most people attack the gym, oh, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to start doing something. Yeah. What do they do? They go to the gym and they try to kill themselves the first day. <laughs> And then they're so damn sore, they can't walk, they can't move. And they're like, why am I doing this even? <laughs> yeah. and, and people do the same thing in business. Like, oh, we're going to completely change this and we're going to implement all this stuff. And they, you know, we always say you try to, you try to cram 40 pounds of shit into a 20 pound sack. <laughs> it's it's so you, true. And then you get really frustrated and you created this world of chaos in your business. Yeah. And then you don't know what to do. Right. So it's like you need a system, you need a methodology that you follow that can create the impact and change over time, but yet it's not overwhelming either. Right. And I, you know, I think coaches anywhere in your life, it'd be in your business, it's your mindset, maybe it's a life coach, maybe it's a financial coach, like they're not one coach. Like, I'm sorry, there's just not one coach out there for every little thing. You could probably do fitness and business because that's what you do, but you're not going to get much time on the fitness side. So it's find a coach in each area of your life, not even just your business, but um, that's what's helped me. I've had big mentors just help me like think bigger. And it's like, I was thinking really too small. I was like, I just was. Yes. You know, we've talked a lot about that in our office lately. Um, A lot of it came after I read 10X is easier than 2X by John Sullivan. Okay. You know, about just most people don't dream big. Mm Mm-hmm. Most people think very, very, and especially up here, you know, in the Midwest, it seems to be people think very conservatively Mm -hmm. and they're so afraid of judgment also of, you know, can I, can I do that? Am I capable of that? Or, oh my God, what will people think if, if that's my dream and I am telling people about that? Uh, And that's, that's such BS. Judgment. Yeah. And and it's like, what, what do you want out of this life? At some point you got to create clarity around what you want, what you want to be, what's the impact, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't ask themselves and take themselves through the really tough questions to identify what is it that they actually want at the end of the day, personally and professionally. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, it's it, it starts with mindset. It, it doesn't matter anything you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You don't have the mindset for it in the beginning. Like just don't even execute till you get your mind there. Yeah. And at some point you got to commit to that mindset and what you want to do yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. I've seen plenty of people get their mindset right and then just never take action. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's also just as dreaded. What If someone's struggling with mindset or taking action, because I think those two play, you know, what what do you say to that person? Or where, you know, I'm sure you met many business owners that, I don't think this is going to work for me, Pat. I, mm-hmm. I, I, this EOS, I don't think it's going to work for my business. Yep. You know, it's a mindset. It, absolutely, yeah. Then, it's either people, what I found is people either believe in themselves or they don't. You know, and some people waver kind of back and forth. They're in that limbo phase of learning to, you know, truly trust themselves, trust their get, uh, trust where they really want to get to. Uh, but 
you know, once once people, it it takes something I think to happen to somebody or for somebody that is really going to shift them into committing to something. And I'm a big believer in mm. you develop confidence over time with small wins. And that's, you know, that's why some, some people can do this. Some people can just jump right in, commit to something, and they're rolling. I don't think most people can do that. I think most people have to take it in kind of small stages or steps until they kind of hit this pivotal turning point or moment mm. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. You know, something drastic happens or you know, they meet somebody that's a game changer for them, or, you know, there's some impactful moment, I think, that kind of separates people and can start pushing them in that new direction in some way, shape, or form. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, I just encourage people, you have to get clear on what you want out of this life, I mean, in general, because it's so yeah. damn short. I know. And the older you get, the more you realize that. I mean, you see... You see your kids grow up and you see time fly by. And at some point you got to look and go, am I really getting out of this? Like what I want out of this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I always ask myself the one question I always say like, and I ask you all my employees, I say like, what's the dream outcome? Like mm-hmm. what is the perfect dream outcome? I don't know if that came from you. Maybe it did. Yeah. The BHAG, man. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, I always come back to that though. I'm like, all right, things are getting complex. That's when nothing's getting done. I'm like, what's the dream outcome? Yeah. Reverse engineer back yes into some actionable steps which eos is your action item once you get clarity eos is basically building you an actionable yep. thing to take into your company but i, I use it everywhere in life like mm-hmm. I, things start getting foggy and i don't know where i'm going i just like what what do i want yeah dream outcome and i write things down and yeah and uh it, that helps me a ton i i don't know yeah it's all about end in mind i mean at the end of the day what is it that you want but now like you said you got to reverse engineer and build a plan out for step by step to get there yeah and i i've been doing that i feel like at some point you'd figure it all out but no it no. doesn't <laughs> no, it's, change. life is a never-ending journey of progress yeah so if you ever think you're going to hit this magic point of some fulfilling balance and finish line of where all is good and I'm living this zenful life. You're <laughs> you're living in a fantasy. Yeah. World. For entrepreneurs, it just always continues to be a little bit of yeah. level. I think we were you you introduced me to the book uh The Gap and the Gain. I see it oh, over yeah. there on the shelf too. Um we live in the gap a lot. You know, it's it's how do you convert at least 20% of the time to live in the gain, you know, yep. be, meaning how far you've came. I think you, you messaged me that once in a while and it's like, okay, I got to reflect here. I got to figure out, okay, I've done all this. Yep. I just want that. You know, I want to be here all the time. And, and you got any uh, input on, on how to overcome that or what your belief is? Uh, you know, a huge part of it. And what's cool is I've seen it in you, Mark. I mean, since working with you is surround yourself with people that are gain mindset. Mm. Yeah. People that see the positive, they aren't risk averse. They're always looking for, uh, and I don't mean that like with a negative connotation, like they're always looking for the next best thing, mm-hmm. but they want to improve. They want to become better. And they know that it's a constant journey of improvement through life. So I, I'm a big believer in surround yourself with people that have that same mindset and you will, you know, like uh, I think it was Jim Rohn that said it. You become the you know five people you surround yourself with. Yeah, and it's and there's no truer statement. I mean, I if, know if you look at where you are 
Look at the people that you hang out with, and that's where you're going to stay. Yeah. So if you want to become a higher flyer, higher achiever, you want to do more, accomplish more, you better start hanging around those kinds of people. And it starts, so much of it starts with finding a coach also that can show you mm-hmm. how to become one of those people and, and has a proven process and methodology for doing it. Wow. That's, uh, it's super important. And even if it's hard, it's hard to, mm-hmm. to, to stray away from the five that are closest, um, whether it could be mom, dad, or uh, grandma and uncle, you know, it's like you, yeah. you got to find your new group, level up, find new, new people to hang out with. Things change. Yeah. Not everyone changes and, with you. And like they say, pick your hard. Is it the, are you going to pick the hard of the hard journey forward? Mm. Or are you going to pick the hard of living with all the regret of what could have been? Ooh. Because it's, uh, it's one or the other. It's yeah. take, take your pick. You know, yeah. One is going to be a hell of a lot of pain down the road, and you're going to look back at your life uh, with some contempt. Yeah. And the other one is you're going to make progress, but it's it's going to be a bitch along the way. Yeah. But it's going to be extremely rewarding at the end. Or And and you have to find the reward along the way, obviously, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you always want more as an entrepreneur, but yeah, you, know, you don't want to live with regret either because that, that'll eat you forever. And Absolutely. if you want to take the step, you did it in teaching. Uh, you resigned from a very stable environment into a space of chaotic problem solving, Yeah, figuring out your own path. Um, I always talk about unfollow the herd. I mean, literally what you did. Yeah, uh, It's not comfortable. It's not fun. Um, you got to get gritty every day, mm-hmm. figure out where you're the next money, how you're going to scale. It, it gets fun after a while once you have some success, Yeah, but not the whole path is in a no, it's, rainbows and butterflies. That is for damn sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I talk with a lot of people about the clarity piece, you know, a lot of business owners and such, or people looking at starting a business or whatever. And some people think they're going to have this magic moment of clarity up front. And it doesn't always happen like that. In fact, I think very seldom it happens like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just talking with a uh, husband and wife the other day that were looking at launching into their own business. And I said, well, if you're not sure what to do, just start by doing something and clarity will be found through the journey of it. Mm-hmm. You know, If you're not super clear on exactly what kind of business you want to start or exactly what you want to create at the end of the road. Mm. So just start taking action into something you know feels right. Or I, I told him, I said, follow the breadcrumbs. That's when I look back uh, at my own journey. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, like, how in the world did you get to where you are now? Like this is, it's such an unorthodox way of getting there. <laughs> yeah. And I always say, I just followed the breadcrumbs of what felt right and where I saw opportunity to help people more and more. Wow. You know, I found this and then I saw more of an opportunity to move to this and everything just kept up leveling me to the next bigger thing. And it was bigger for me. It was bigger for clients. It was offering a bigger solution, but I just kept following the breadcrumbs of just helping people more. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're doing that path right now, right? Like, so now you've been implementing for a few years, you got value builder advisory, you got exit planning advisor. What, what, you know, how, so how are you trying to take this to the next level? Explain some of these businesses and how, you know, how you're going to probably help me and how you, how you can help others. Yeah. So what we've really created at the greenhouse is an ecosystem for business owners, leaders, where no matter where they're at in their journey, personally, professionally, 
we have the solutions that we can drop them right into no matter where they are on that path. Okay. So as you kind of look at the journey of a typical business owner, you know, it's always startup entrepreneurial stage at the beginning. Then you have a growth scalability stage. And then you have that exit succession when you start thinking about how do I get out of this thing now that I've created that I want value back from because a typical business owner on average 80 percent of their wealth is wrapped up in the business mm. so what we've really created is solutions at each of these three stages and we're kind of finalizing some more of them right now uh, a lot of cool things coming out in the next few months for us but no matter where you're at we can drop you in and we can offer whether it's a system like eos whether it's a workshop like uh, the six types of working genius. We can plug you into our value builder platform if you're looking at exit succession. Mm. Uh, we're launching our uh, podcast in July here uh, wow. as we're recording this in the next month. Uh, and that's really going to be hands-on tools and talking about struggles that businesses go through so that we can offer a ton of value and help to maybe that earlier stage entrepreneur or type business. Mm. So at the end of the day, you know, it's it's about... You know, our core focus at the greenhouse is growing businesses and people to the next stage. So that's our goal is wherever you're at, we can drop you into our ecosystem, provide you what you need to get to that next stage. But there's always the next stage. It's always the, there's always the next, the next thing that you yep. need in order to get over that hump or kind of break through that ceiling. So you're building a cycle of, I mean, someone could exit a company and then go ahead and start at the beginning phases with you again. Absolutely. With two employees and write out some systems and I got yeah. a business idea. Yeah. Our, you know, our, our proven process, uh, we use the acronyms dig, so tend for the greenhouse. Okay. So it's discovery, intentionality, goals. That's always the beginning stage. Okay. Then the so is standards, onboarding, and then the work begins. And the tend is we track you, we engage with you, we nurture you. And then the D on tend stands for dig, meaning we go back to the beginning and now what's the next thing that you need? Wow. So we're we're thinking of entire life cycle of a business, but we're also thinking the micro cycles that exist within that big macro cycle too. Wow. And it's always about getting you to the next thing, helping you achieve that. But then it's, what's the next thing now that you need? Is it people? Mm. Is it some sort of resource? Is it this kind of training? Or maybe you're entering one of those bigger stages now where you're going from growth scalability to more sustainability, looking at exit succession, maybe in the next five or 10 years or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's uh, that's super important as a business owner listening to this, like the ecosystem of, you're not just like EOS trying to help a company, what you have already formed and fixing it. Yeah, they, they will do that, but they're trying to discover new ways of revenue, Yeah, how to minimize expenses, how to have cleaner processes. Like you're, you're going and trying to figure out how to make them more and more profitable, which which I I love about your ecosystem because I would say that's even outside the EO, EOS. You know, you're you're kind of mm-hmm. molding your own form of it, but you're helping companies scale. Um, and I I just think it's super powerful. Even a business, most business owners wouldn't even think about even if they thought, yeah, hey, we're retiring five at ten. I don't really know. We'll just see when that happens. It's yep. like it's not a good plan. Like if you know in ten years, like this is it for me. Yep. Let's start making the steps right now. Yeah. I mean, most most business owners don't realize, number one, that a really good exit succession plan takes at least five years to put in place. Wow. Because if you think of replacing yourself, replacing your knowledge, I mean, 
all of those things, you need to backfill roles in advance. Those people take years of training at yeah. that high level to really fill that stage appropriately. And you know, a big mistake we see business owners make all the time too is they're they're building a profitable business maybe, mm-hmm. but are you building a high value business? Because mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. Because you could have a very highly profitable business that doesn't have a lot of value to it if somebody comes in to look at uh, buying it. Right. Yeah. I. You know what I'm doing right now? Like, I'm, or I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna try at least take down one business this year. But you got baby boomers retiring. Yeah. Don't understand anything we're talking about. They wouldn't hire you if. <laughs> they read the book 12 times. You know what I mean? Like they just won't. Some do. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they're, they're sixties. They're looking to retire. Yep. No idea how, but they, you know, we're going to yep. exit this business. So I'm, I'm going after some like boring businesses, just seeing if I can help achieve. It may even be me coming in with zero money. See if I can overtake their business and just implement some systems and processes. Mm-hmm. Cause usually the baby boomer is the best worker. Yeah, they just are. I oh, mean, they're sure. your best blue collar workers in in the Midwest anyway, and trying to implement new people and systems, and then have them sell. But and and then I'll I'll implement your, you know, your successions of it, and just keep the business operating. I I, I don't. It's just you make revenue through business. I do real estate as an investment. That's mm-hmm. what carries me my legacy. I feel uh, the businesses are just great ways to profit, and and understanding the game of business is a lot more fun when you understand the game instead of just trying to operate within it. Well, then there's, there's people like you, Mark, that understand the cycle of make profit, but you take that profit and you invest in long-term assets that create mm-hmm. more wealth and profit. Right. Right. But then you have other people on you know the flip side of that coin that make money and what do they do? They just spend it. Oh. They make it, they spend it, they don't reinvest it, whether it's in your company or whether it's, you know, appreciating assets or things like that. And that's a really poor method of looking at long term, you know, how do I retire? How do I get out of this? Well, you better be really damn good at putting your money away and making yeah. it work for you if you aren't reinvesting it in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. You, you got to have, you got to have to, you got to make some money to freaking store it somewhere. But yep. I, I literally, I'll wipe myself clean. Like I just, I, I get myself, so I get real hungry again. And then, you know, you don't want to get ever, we get comfortable. Like, no, like <laughs> there's money sitting in the bank account. It's time to go buy something and, and make sure that I can keep more money, uh, buying some real estate depreciation, whatever. So I, I that's just how I live. Yep. Um, you know, obviously I hold a certain amount of cash on hand, but it's, I literally just try to create the most hungry version of myself. Cause you don't want to get super comfortable. Like then like yep. that's where it end for ends for you. Like yep. you've and done what you've done. And that's super typical high performance mindset. You know, high performers, if things become comfortable or routine, you will subconsciously without realizing it, go make issues and go make problems and challenges for yourself. You know, that's why a lot of high performers end up going through this cycle of profitability, bankruptcy, profitability, bankruptcy, (laughs) because without knowing it, I mean, you look at like, look at like uh, famous athletes and stuff or how many big time business owners have gone through that up and down cycle because they get to a point where they have all this money and they don't know what to do with it. So they go spend it or they go make some sometimes rash decision uh, but they they are they intentionally set fires, and mm. sometimes those fires aren't good, and they don't even realize it. But that's just how high performers operate. You're mm. always looking for that next thing, that next yeah. opportunity. You 
you, without knowing it, intentionally set fires for yourself. Some are good. Yeah. Some maybe sometimes aren't so good. Yeah, I I really need like a, a CEO guy when I when I come into these companies because like yeah, visionary that's good, but can I go? You know, it's going to take some time to get this company yep. turned turned over to me and get that baby boomer exited. So, um, um, well, I have a couple questions for you yeah. that should be fun. Um, <laughs> I think you kind of answered it before, but uh, what would your seventy five year old self tell Patrick right now? If what you were I, sitting, I don't know where you'd be sitting, probably on a beach or something. I don't know, 75-year-old? Hopefully it's Probably a in a gym, <laughs> doing bench. <laughs> no. Not at 75. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you tell yourself today? Oh, you know, for me, it's always an ongoing battle of finding the balance of family and hobbies and taking care of yourself, you know, while still doing all these cool things you want to do in business. Mm. I think, I mean, honestly, my 75-year-old self would look back and go, Patrick, just cool it a little bit, man. <laughs> take take a break? Yeah, I mean, take a break, take take more time, uh, appreciate the time that you have, you know, with your daughter, your family, mm. and those things, because you don't know when, when it's going to end. Yeah. You know, and life isn't about work. No. You know, but any high performer listening to this, you probably love working. And your work is your passion. It's your baby. Uh, you 70, 80, 80 hours a week, as long as it's something fun you love to do, doesn't feel like work. Mm. But it can also become an obsession too. Sure. And I mean, I've definitely gone through that. It's it's a struggle, I mean, off and on for me all the time of yeah. put the damn computer away, put your phone down, and just be in the present, be in the moment with, with people, friends, you know, whatever it is uh, that you're doing in the time. Yeah, living living presently in yeah. in in life, you got to think about. Yeah, you gotta you gotta work on family. You got to think about. Yeah, it's so true though. I mean, it's as an entrepreneur, it's just the bug that we get, mm -hmm. and uh, it can be a drug at times that you Absolutely. just have to have to put to the side. You see your kids getting older, it's like, all right, crap. It's like I. I, I try to I try to take steps back. I see you doing it well too. You you take some planned vacations because in our life you have to plan everything now. You do. I mean, <laughs> it's like and and you know, there's a lot to be said for that, Mark. The more you can master your calendar and just plan stuff out in advance. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big focus of mine actually right now. Literally, like as we're recording this, is starting to implement. I mean, free days, focus days, buffer days. Yeah, and just blocking time. Whether it's family time, whether it's just, I mean, just the other day I blocked out a Friday afternoon coming up where I said, I don't know what I'm going to do that afternoon, nice. but I'm going to do something with our daughter. Oh, okay. So just getting really intentional about uh, marking those times off in your calendar, even if it's six months, a year ahead, but just committing to whatever it is that you have on there. Even if it's, like I said, just open space, but you're yeah. not going to work. Right. Because you have to find that balance too. I mean, you can yeah. drive yourself batty just going at it oh, all the God. time. Productivity, 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 yeah. block every 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you'll you'll literally drive yourself to the ground. I've tried to yeah. I've tried to get down to 15 minutes. It's, it's not, it, you know, you get a lot done, yes, but you don't see anything outside of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's one of your biggest fears? Biggest fears, man, thinking of, uh, I mean, the fear that haunts me all the time, and I've gotten a lot better at this after doing some work with some people around it. But for me, my biggest fear has always been financial security. 
Mm. And, you know, fears in general, you know, anybody listening to this, you don't realize that they're programmed into you from ages of zero to seven. You know, those are your imprinting years where your fears, your self-limiting beliefs, all of those negative things that randomly subconsciously pop up mm-hmm. or consciously you know you struggle with later on as an adult, they, they come back and kind of rear their ugly head. Oh. So like for me, uh, it's always been financial security. It's, you know, growing up in a big family, you know, four brothers and sisters, there were five of us. My mom didn't mm-hmm. work until I started school. Uh, there wasn't a lot of money in our family. I mean, there was a crazy amount of love, you know, and I'd never change anything about how we grew up. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a scarcity mindset around money too. Mm-hmm. It was uh, money is limited, and there's only so much. It wasn't uh, oh you can always make more. There's always uh, there's always ways to accomplish what you want or achieve what you want. So for me, I mean, that that has haunted me my entire life. And it's always in the back of my mind mm-hmm. around just the security with finances and stuff. Yeah. When you when you grow up that way, it's, you know, hey, I remember my grandma telling me all the time, well, we got each other. You know, we may not have a lot of money, but we got, you know, it's like, yep, I love it, grandma, but I kind of want something else too. Like mm-hmm. uh, I want more. So uh, I stick out like a sore thumb in my family. I don't know how you... <laughs> stick out, but it's just like you you wanted something different. Yep. And it's not that you don't love time with family. It's just that you wanted a little more yep. out of life. So no, that's really good, man. Um one of the last questions and we'll try to figure uh figure out everywhere we can find you. Absolutely. Uh what does unfollow the herd mean to you? Unfollow the herd, you know, I always bring myself back to the Robert Frost poem, uh, you know, two roads diverge in a yellow wood. You know, I mm. took the road not taken. I always think of that. You know, okay. People are. It's a good one. And I, I love the the just the title that you use with unfollow the herd mm-hmm. because most people just follow the herd. They're sheep. <laughs> They're sheep in life, personally, professionally. They don't know what they want. They just go through the rat race of chasing kids, and at some point they smack into a wall and go, "Geez, who am I? What am I about? What do I enjoy?" You know, you have, when I did a lot of one-on-one coaching, I saw that all the time with, I mean, most of my clients were mid forties on up. And the number one thing I saw with every single one of them was they got to a point where all their kids were out of the house. They became empty nesters. And then Mm -hmm. they looked across the table at their spouse and they said, I don't know you. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I even enjoy Mm -hmm. because all we've done for 20 years is chase our kids around. Mm -hmm. You know, and so many people get caught up in that you know, proverbial rat race of life where it's just moving with the herd. That's Then they just continue to go down that path of uh, at some point they realize I'm not fulfilled. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm even doing it. So to me, unfollow the herd is getting really clear on what you want and not being afraid to break that pattern that everybody else is in and just, man, go after what you want. You know, whether it's crazy, crazy, big, hairy, audacious goal-like, or whether it's maybe not much bigger than what you're doing now, but life is just way too short to continue to follow the herd uh, like a sheep Yeah, and and not know what you, what's important to you and what you value and what you really want. Yeah. 
That's that's awesome, man. That's so good. That's so good. How do we find more about the greenhouse ecosystem, and how do we find Patrick Metzger? Where are y'all at? Yeah. Yeah, uh, our website, uh, www.growingforsuccess. So use the number four in there. So growingforsuccess.com. Uh, we have all of our offerings on there for the most part. Cool. Um, I'm super active on LinkedIn. Just look up my personal account, Patrick Metzger on yeah. LinkedIn. We'll link below some of that as well. Yeah, but we have, I mean, we have a cr- uh, crazy awesome variety of different tools, resources. You can hit me on my EOS site too. So we have a whole completely separate site for EOS. So that's eosworldwide.com slash Patrick-Metzger. There's all kinds of free stuff you can download using the EOS tools. There's an organizational checkup you can take to see kind of where your company is strength-wise as far as everybody on the same page, knowing Mm -hmm. what's going on, uh, what's happening. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn website, EOS website. Those are probably the three main ones. And and we're on Instagram and all this other stuff, but yeah, we're good. No, it's good. It's good. You should be everywhere. You should be everywhere. And, uh, guys, if this, if you can help share this with somebody, like even if there's someone like an employee that wants to break out, change his mindset, open a business, maybe it's a business owner that's just like been stuck in the business, trying to figure out how to get working on the business share this with them. Like this is the only way this channel grows is if you guys share it with somebody. So guys, please share Patrick Metzger. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Take care. I uh, thank you. We'll see you in the next one.